Hi there, and welcome to the Comedy Album Book Club, the podcast where we listen to a comedy album and then we talk about it. I'm your producer, Matt Ardill, a comedy nerd and improv student. And in addition to the album discussion, I, along with our host, actor, and comedy enthusiast, Jason DeLine, also interview members of the comedy community. Today's interview is part of our Juno series. The Juno Awards are Canada's answers to the Grammys, an annual recognition of the musical arts that started in 1970. 2019 is the second year to present the award for Best Comedy Album after a 33-year hiatus for the category. Today, I talk to Sirius XM top comic and Juno nominee median Shanti Morospica about their album, The Shanti Show. Thanks, Shanti. Uh, welcome to the Comedy Album Book Club. Uh, thanks for taking some time to, to chat with us. So we last sat down and, and spoke uh, right before Just for Laughs and last okay. year. And uh, you've had a pretty exciting year <laughs> since then. Um, you won the Sirius XM Top Comic. You've been doing a lot of touring. So first of all, congratulations. Well, thanks um, so much. And, <laughs> and, and so, how how has it been? How 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 is it, did you do anything special uh, for yourself with uh, any of that that uh, prize money? Um, I still have it all. I don't. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done. I bought myself a cool jacket, um, but it kind of makes me look like a cop, so that makes me upset. Um, <laughs> hindsight, right? But I bought myself yeah, a nice yeah. jacket, and I. I saw this pair of shoes the day before I won Top Comic, and I was like, if I ever won Top Comic, I'd buy myself those shoes. But they were only $100, and I could have afforded them before I won Top Comic. I just don't treat myself that much. <laughs> so I went and bought myself this, this, my nice show shoes that have a C on them, and then I mm-hmm. bought myself a jacket. I don't know. I, I uh, My dad's really nuts about... <laughs> money so he kind of checks in all the time to make sure i haven't blown it all so i just am like so scared anytime i spend money i'm like oh my god <laughs> don't, don't ruin it don't, don't fuck this up <laughs> I, as, I, as I, you, i'm sure i'll take myself to the keg one day i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah and a nice keg dinner that's that's a, a good you know a nice treat to yeah. reward yourself i grew up yeah, so, poor, probably, so i'm just like i don't know what treating yourself looks like <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's probably a much more uh much more sound uh, way of handling that money than than I would have had. I'd have like spent it on something totally frivolous within a week. <laughs> you're 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 definitely one up on the game there. Um, yeah, I think so, if I start that that's not going to end, and then I'll just be right back to being really poor, and I'll be like, oh, oh that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you've been doing a lot of touring since then. Uh, you've played a lot of neat new places. Um, you know, went to Australia uh, for just for laughs. Uh, how is that? Uh, how has that been? Like, how is the how's the touring uh, been since you won won Top Comic? I um, the week before I won Top Comic, I came out as trans. as a trans dude, so uh, it's been really a new experience because I've toured mm-hmm. for my entire career, and now I'm trans, uh, and I'm pretty loud about it, and I'm writing my material to reflect that so that uh, other trans people can see themselves in a positive light. And um, it's been really great at some moments, but whenever I travel, I'm just a woman, not just a woman. Women are amazing. That was, I didn't mean to say that. I'm, I am a woman again, or my name is not changed on any of my identification yet because it's just, Mm -hmm. that's 
complicated thing and um I present very female I guess to people except when I'm in a woman's washroom people feel look really scared when I'm in there it's very it's a complicated time I'm pre-transition and I I still sound and kind of look I guess like a woman to people so I talk about being trans like I've just had some very negative experiences uh I just have to, when I travel, I'm just, I just have to accept that for that block of time, I'm a woman again. And I um, mm-hmm. was very unhappy living my life as a, a um, science female at birth. So, um, and I've had some, I don't know, I, I've heard, I guess, I guess transitioning really has made me a bit of a tougher person because I like starting the transition process because I, I had somebody in Moncton. Uh, a mm-hmm. comic in Moncton talk about trans people in a light that I've I've heard a million times before in a light where it's a joke and it's um but he had talked about trans children and I was like no <laughs> you don't do that yeah. and um, I've yeah. heard those jokes a million times before I've been brought up to someone saying Caitlyn Jenner and that being the joke like not no joke just saying a trans person's name and the audience giving an applause break because trans people are the like it's just I don't know. I feel like society takes its turn on punishing groups of people until they're not allowed to anymore. And uh, they left. So I had come out to this audience as trans and then the next comic came up and he didn't see my set. It, it wouldn't have mattered if he did. And he did about 15 minutes of just like vile hate speech against trans people. And I left mm-hmm. him a note that said, uh, fuck you. I'm trans. Uh, Hey, Oh no. I said, Hey, Hey, Hey Matt, uh, I'm trans. You're a fucking idiot. They signed a chanty. And then, and then he posted the note. Uh, I posted the note without his name. And then he posted the note. Uh, and it just like, it blew up and I got dragged a lot by some alt writers. So it's been like a really interesting, but I also had an outpouring of people from my community and from, from my queer community and my comedy community supporting me and showing saying that they're not going to stand for it anymore. Uh, the jokes yeah. that they hear about, whether it be about women or people of color, or ableist jokes, just people listen to them and people and audiences laugh because audiences uh, do what other people are doing because it's a group of people, right? So it was just nice yeah. to, it's, like, it's, a, it's bittersweet like, to, be, to, to be on the edge of something because uh, trans rights are being taken away and murder rates are really still so high. But it's like yeah. I'm in the middle of a change of that, but it just feels really weird and unsafe. Sorry, I just went off on that. <laughs> no, no, I mean that's that's a, it's important to hear because I mean you are really like at the the forward edge of of changing the dialogue and comedy around this. Yeah, and it's, I guess it's important to hear from somebody experiencing. Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of trans comics right now, but they're new because they're they didn't feel safe in comedy. But I've been in comedy for so long, I just happened to come out, and people can't really turn their back on me because I was already established, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's just yeah. interesting to see how people react to me and how it, how much how much it's, how much my life has changed. It's very yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, no, I, I can imagine that because I mean it's all. It has been very public as well because yeah. you know you you, you came out uh, during the, during that entire uh, performance and then set and everything and and it's it's all been part of the conversation around your album. Um, so so no, I mean definitely definitely hearing this perspective is really important in my mind. Um, and like I, I saw some of the blowback online 
uh, from that that post and and the way people sort of circle the wagons when they they feel threatened is is so it's just so bananas to me like the guy this video response was so disingenuous it was like a one joke and it's like that's so devoid of the context of everything else that that yeah, and it was, was about fifteen set. minutes of jokes, and he picked like the he picked the one that was like the most of a looked like a joke, because the rest were kind of yeah. like, this is why I'd cut my balls off, and I was like, that's not what trend like that's not what the medical means of transitioning is like it's a lifesaver yeah. for people, and it's I I don't yeah is but I've heard the material before like I said, but it just struck a chord because he and he was so disingenuous with his apology uh, yeah he just uh, I guess there's the this. Uh, sanction of white men who feel like if other people have a space or have a voice that they're there's less but they don't lose anything yeah. it's just not for them you know like if you don't if you hate trans people you're not going to like trans people's material but just don't pick on them that's not comedy that's a hate crime yeah yeah it's it, it, it's this weird yeah, you know, they feel threatened because there's new voices, and it's like that only, you know, that only makes, <laughs> that only improves the world of comedy because there's more people sharing their humor, and it helps everybody understand one another that much better. And it's just, yeah, you know, I, I've never understood how and you can like really can easily stay in your lane now. You don't have to just, you're like, ugh, it's just so devoid of any uh, like talent or. Um, what words I'm looking for, or like, you know, just to to take from other people's stories and to punch down on minorities is like, do you have any? Do you have any new ideas? <laughs> where where yeah. where are you at? <laughs> yeah, like, like there's there's no additional. There's they're adding nothing to the conversation with these sort of like hacky punching down jokes. Yeah, and I feel bad for them that they're so upset that they can't. They they're not allowed to make fun of disabled people anymore. They're not allowed to make fun of black people. They're not allowed to, you know, make fun of gay people anymore. Like, oh, poor them. That's so upsetting. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> that they're gonna have to work for their jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, upsetting that you can't just take a j- jokes that have lived forever and change the wording around. Like that's just it's so it's just really funny that they're like, but this is comedy. Like I guess so. <laughs> all those jokes have whiskers yeah. that are older than you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So speaking of comedy, uh, like what was your first introduction to comedy? So where where did you like? What was your your, your the album or the show? What that really spark your your love of comedy i guess watching um gilda ratner or robin williams and like whoopie do the uh thing what, what, they, what was that live aid no there's something else there was um, robin williams Blake crystal and whoopie goldberg would like team up oh, and my dad God. and i would watch that um yeah i remember okay. watching that back in the 80s too yeah yeah it was like for it was like a, a, some sort of something for the cure that they would get together yeah. on every year and just watching robin williams and whoopie goldberg on stage because they're just like, they're not just comedians, they're performers. They just are like, like, you know, when you watch them, you're just, when they enter a room, you're happy. And I just wanted, yeah. I didn't want to ever be a comedian. I just wanted to like enter a room and make, be someone's reason that they smile. Just like with the way Robin Williams would and Gilda Radner, like the the way they made me feel. I wanted to like mm-hmm. make that happen for other people. So, and then my first set was like at a coffee shop in Winnipeg. My friend put together like a cabaret show of all the different people that worked at this dinner theater we worked at, and I did mm-hmm. stand up, and I was hooked. Wow! <laughs> Is it, once you once you you got that mic, the the bug was in you for good. 
Yeah, everybody was so happy because they knew that I wanted to do it since I was a kid. And they were so, I was just mm-hmm. reading off a paper, like premises off a paper. It was so bad. But everybody was like, you crushed. That was amazing. <laughs> they were just so excited mm-hmm. to see me finally doing what I wanted to be doing. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> Even though I was just reading off a paper. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you, you got you know the papers. You know, you, you know, everybody's reading off their phones, so it's everybody yeah. still does it. This, this, the technology has changed. But also, I didn't. There wasn't any like. There's only rumors. There wasn't. Uh, it was so long ago too, and I lived in such a smaller place that like there was no. Mm-hmm. How do you do this? I just walked on stage and was like this. I have this, <laughs> this paper. I know three things. <laughs> Uh, now, now I know you've been helping a lot of comedians uh, find a, find spaces to perform and 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 find outlets. So, have you found you know since you, when you started that that it's that comedy the comedy world at least in Toronto is more ready um, to open up for new new voices and for new performers? Oh yeah, I had to I had to make them ready though. Um, mm-hmm. I moved here and I was like, oh, my God, there's women here. Oh, my God, there's gay people here. Like, I was always the only one in Manitoba. Mm -hmm. And then I moved and I realized that my voice was important and I just didn't have to be one of the boys to just, like, fit in. It was an awakening. And then I I just, uh, I nobody said that, like, an LGBTQ comedy show could work because they all, like, went under after a couple months. Me and Adrian Fish got together, and now our LGBTQ monthly comedy showcase has been running for three years, the longest one running one ever. And mm-hmm. uh, and then I saw the success of that, and then how many? And there was queer comics coming out to me, like coming out of the woodwork and being like, "Can I take you for a coffee to just like I want to know where it's safe to go. I want to know where I can like where I can feel safe and what suggestions like wh- how what do I talk about? Just like scared to exist in a space." And I was yeah. like, holy shit, this is me. But this is like 15 years later and it shouldn't be like this. And I didn't want them to experience the, what I experienced in comedy because my experience in comedy wasn't, it's not good. If you're like an, mm-hmm. an older assigned female at birth, like if you're an older woman or, or trans person in comedy, you know that that was the road was very long and very hard and full of men that, I don't know, so many women quit. And the few that stick around just have a lot of stories. If you ever ask them, we all have stories. And I didn't want that for them. I wanted them to have a new experience and to never have to even know what a boys club is, to know what that is, to be told that you're, you don't matter and you shouldn't talk about your own experiences. So I created uh, the up and comers to just get them going and have them on a, to show them like they get to perform to a sold out crowd at the Rivoli. They get like loot bags with a bunch of crap in it. They get their own green room. They just like, this is what comedy should look like and never ever do anything that doesn't look like this. And then they, yeah. they've all created all my up and comers. I call them my gabies. I've created their own spaces. And now they have a whole queer comedy scene and they never have to answer to anybody but each other. And they're such a supportive family. Like they reach out to each other and they're there on their good days or they're on their bad days. And I, they just created this little family for themselves. And I don't know. And then I started the QAPD open mic is the first all queer open mic ever. And they do that and they love it. And then they, and then they're starting a show. I, I'm helping them produce their own huge show at comedy bar. And uh, that's coming up in March and they just don't, ever have to experience what I experienced. And sometimes I see them being like a little bit, <laughs> a little bit entitled because they've never had to like 
you know, just like experience the boys club vibe. And I'm like, Hey, 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 yeah. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't know what it's like, <laughs> but they, they yeah. never have to see that. So I'm just happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those one of those uh, mixed blessings where it's like you know they 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 didn't have to go through that so they they don't realize oh there's some really shitty stuff that happened but it's like it's a yeah. it also feels good that they didn't have to see that really shitty stuff and they yeah, were able to provide that like, so sometimes when they're you know sometimes I'll be like I've created monsters but I like these <laughs> monsters better than scared queer kids you know and sure. they they're all just doing so well they and we got our um we got our i got them their own jsl showcase hopefully that will continue past this year but yeah. it just yeah people told me that it wouldn't work out but i just trusted in my community that they would come and that people that queer people wanted to hear their own voices and they do and they did there's always i don't know if somebody i just learned in this uh, industry that if anybody tells you that you can't, then that means that you should. <laughs> Damn straight. That, 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 yeah. you know, it just, just means they haven't tried it themselves and they don't know. <laughs> and they're scared. Like, and they're scared. Yeah. Because every, the people don't like change and people don't like new things, but we wouldn't, I don't know if we, if I didn't try then we wouldn't have a queer scene and all these kids wouldn't have a voice. So I'm glad I did that. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Now, are the, you, you, Work with a lot of different comedians. Are there any uh, comedians that you're a fan of? Any of these, uh, like anybody who's like really captured your attention um, that you've met during your tours, or are coming up through through uh, the, the different shows around Toronto that you've helped with? Like locally, who I love. Uh, locally or globally, like who who's really you know caught your attention right now. I um I really uh, I worked with Kate Berlant at Odd Block Comedy Festival in Winnipeg, and I was totally just swept off my feet. She's such a she's she's like a Gilda Radner. She's like a Robin Williams. She's like the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I always Aisha Brown is one of the most I would say underrated, but she's not. She gets she gets the attention that she needs and deserves, but she's just the most the sweetest most humble lightning as a person on stage. I don't know. She's the most amazing person. And um, I think that like uh, somebody that I'd really like to, obviously I would like, if I got to ever meet um, Kristen Shaw or Tiffany Haddish, I would just die. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Those are two, like, I would think that I'd be like, Oh, it's really good to meet you fellow comedian, but I would just lose my shit and ask them <laughs> really weird questions about how different celebrities smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why well, that you know, comes up for me. I always want to know who smells weird. Well, I, yeah, smell is one of those really you know, powerful, you know, triggers in, for memory and stuff. So it's like, yeah, what I'm Italian, so smell I'm like, like, but what does Kevin Hart smell like? Does he smell homophobic? Can you smell that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, your your album, um, the Shanti Show, did great in, in on iTunes. You you've been nominated for a Gino. That's why we're chatting today. Um, what was the process of recording that like? Like, how did you pull together the material, and 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 what what did you have to do to to prepare for it? Um, I knew that I wanted to do an album for a really long time. Like, like eight years ago, I did one in Winnipeg, but it just like didn't work out. I tried to like record a video, mm-hmm. but it was really bad. Um, we won't talk about it. I don't know why I brought it up. Um, <laughs> I knew I, I always like, I always tell my gabies, like when you're showcasing, pick your, your favorite jokes because you have mm-hmm. to make yourself laugh. You have to be happy on stage. 
but like all my jokes are my favorite. So I'm, I'm just really full of myself, I guess, because I was like, I'll do 90 minutes in at four different shows. Like I, I booked two shows in Winnipeg because I, I just wanted the, if the opportunity, because there's such good crowds that if one of those was better to choose that. And then I did two mm-hmm. shows at the Comedy Bar Main Space, which is my favorite, uh, my favorite stage in Canada. And um, I just did like every joke. And then I kind of like tweaked it as I went because I had four runs at it Um, Mm because I'm kind of a loose cannon. If you give me more time, then I might just improvise 30 minutes of it. And that's not good for an album. (laughs) (laughs) Want to get my jokes out there. But yeah. I, 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 uh, my brother actually fell asleep during my the album recording that I picked, and I, ha- I really had trouble listening to my albums because it was so like triggering for me because it was so upsetting. He fell asleep like five times during my recording. I had to keep stopping and being like, Adam, wake up. And he was like, he was, <laughs> and he was mad at me because he was like, well, why would you have an album recording at 9 p.m.? I'm like, that's a super reasonable time. And, like, <laughs> it's not like 11 o'clock at night or yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that late. Like he's a barista, like chill out, Adam. Um, anyway, he, I started to listen to the 11 p.m. and I, I just was like, I want oh, the 9 p.m. felt so good, so I just had to edit out the times when I talked to my brother about him sleeping, which was really like, actually like, cause we made up about it and it was just really funny. Uh, then it, it wasn't as hurtful cause we had made up and I just had to edit mm-hmm. those. And then when I listened to what I cut out, I really loved it. And then Jeremy Mesro, who uh, edited and recorded my album did a brilliant job making it seamless. So you didn't know that my brother fell asleep 70 times. <laughs> and then <laughs> I don't know, I've never, I've dropped like uh, compilation albums for Career Present Danger before, but I really didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't have anybody with me or album, you know, rep. I just did it and it worked out. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I just do everything myself because I don't know how to do it otherwise. I'm just like, no, I'll do it. And then I had an album uh, drop. I, I, when I was, there was so much material about me transitioning too that I did mm-hmm. in that like 90 minutes, but I didn't, I wanted to, I wanted this album to be like a, like Chantal Morostica did the last like 13 years of comedy. Chantal Morostica mm-hmm. got me where I am and I wanted to like honor her and like put out the material that I might not be able to do once I have a mustache, you know? And yeah. I know that that comes at a weird time when I'm like going to, you know, like I'm a man, but I'm like talking about being a lesbian on the album, but it's like, I needed to put it out there. Like I don't have any, yeah. I didn't really, I haven't recorded anything for television as my, as Chantal Morosca and she did all the work to get me to where I am today. And uh, so it was just kind of like a, your work here is done. Like kind of like a thank you to the woman that fought through um, boys club and through hell to get me to where I am today. So that's how yeah. I like decided on my material, decided to save all those stuff about transitioning for my next album. So that it would be a standalone one as well. Excellent. Uh, you're, you're working on that now when you think give, give it a year or two, uh, when are you, are you ready to go out of the gate already on that, that next album? I'm almost ready to go with it. I'm trying to, I go to Vancouver tomorrow for JFL uh, Northwest mm-hmm. And I'm trying to um, just punch up my JFL 42 hours so that it's like ready mm-hmm. for, I want to get it perfect so that I can make it a Netflix special and then maybe yeah. drop an album outside of that. I don't know how that works. If you're if, like, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I'd have to ask my age, <laughs> but I'm ready to record an album, but I'd rather do uh, something live and on a streaming network. So I'm trying to yeah. build myself up for that. 
Awesome. Well, I guess, I guess like Vancouver and Australia, these are big steps up from Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa. But Ottawa still has my heart. <laughs> they were so good. <laughs> it was my first yes gig in Ottawa, and I was so scared. And Kira, the vice president, was there, and she was like, good luck, kiddo. And they were, and Jeff Paul was like, hopefully you don't get, like, hate crimes because he likes to make jokes about that. And then I crushed, and they all did terribly. And I was like, losers. <laughs> Nottawa loves yeah. his lesbian. Former lesbian. So you've got a you've got a nomination for the Juno Awards and like this is they 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 only brought it back last year after thirty three years. So I mean it's such a such a great, great thing in the way that it feels like you know, Canada's maybe recognizing its comedians again. That you know, you you got the hard work that you guys are you're all putting in, and, and you're with your 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 recordings and stuff. Like, how, how, what does this mean to you to be nominated for like the, the only the sixth Juno album for comedy out there? Oh, that's, I didn't know those facts. I knew the, the break. I knew the break. So I thought it was like 25 years. It's huge. It's so huge. And it's such a, I don't know. There's only like, it's been like Rebecca Kohler was nominated last year. And I guess um, Dave Mar- Dave Marhej, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, <clears throat> what am I trying to say? There's not a, uh, there, it, it was usually just all white guys. So yeah. it feels really huge to represent queer people and to represent the trans community. Um, to be nominated for a Juno is just so huge. I, I used to joke about that as a kid. Like, when I get my Juno, you know, it's just like, because you, like, tongue in cheek make fun of Canada because everybody makes fun of Canada. But yeah. it just feels, it's like a Canadian Grammy, and it feels really cool to be nominated. It feels mm. like, I don't know, it feels really neat. But it also, SiriusXM is trying really hard to make their, to make Canadian comics seen invisible because they, we keep losing them, everybody to the States. And, they're mm-hmm. trying to make like a star system here. So they put so much money into top comic and so much money. They present these awards. It's all because of Sirius XM. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like work for them. I'm just very happy that they're around or else I wouldn't be able to stick around Canada as long as I have. And yeah. um, they're, they brought the awards back. So they're putting in the work to make um, Canadian artists seen and heard and get us the proper royalties that we deserve. So they're uh, like, Hands down, I thank SiriusXM for getting me a Juno nom. And hopefully I go home with it because that would make my mom very happy. That would be awesome. So, She's what, like, so what, who it, are you taking every day? I'm like, not you. <laughs> get out of here. What will happen if you meet Justin Bieber there? Oh, my God, what? <laughs> oh my if God, you meet what? Justin Bieber. At the, the Junos? What are you talking about? I just had a He has in the past. He has in the past. I don't want to go. I'm so scared now. Um, <laughs> I have a Bieber off with him. Yeah, yeah. And made I, the I don't know. Bieber win. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. I'm not that fat. And I'd be like, I'm not that stupid. Gross. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, now you're going to Vancouver. Uh, do you have anything else coming up in the next little while that people can see you at? Um, do I, do I ever? Yeah. I'm going to be at, um, I'm taking like a quite a big break off comedy because I'm getting Mm -hmm. my top surgery on March 29th. So Mm -hmm. that's the, 
most important thing in my life right now. So I'll be, mm-hmm. people can't see me for a bit. And then I, um, I have a couple of festivals I'm not allowed to talk about yet, but I'll be at the last, um, in July doing, uh, my first taping at JFL and I get to have my own show, my own, um, hour long special there for a couple of days. Okay. And then I'll be at JFL 42 again. And uh, hopefully filling up some time touring between there. I just, uh, I got some like huge opportunities come into my lap, but transitioning is the most important thing in my life right now. My career and my life Mm -hmm. kind of started to butt heads this year, but my surgery and transitioning is a life or death thing. So I just have to do Mm -hmm. it and then I can continue on and hopefully people are, will still have me after I take a brief a little bit of time off. Hopefully, everybody is still ready for me to take over the world. Uh, you're 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 on the march. I don't think there's going to be anything that can stop you from from doing yeah. that. <laughs> I just got rid of my boobs, and all my power is gone. What? <laughs> my power was there. That's a terrible place for a trans person to keep the power. <laughs> All right, Chanty. Well, thank you so much for uh, for for speaking with me today and and for for joining us again on the Tommy Album Book Club. And you know, looking forward to seeing your next show at JFL Forty Two. And and uh, and good luck at Juno's. Thanks so much, Matt. I love talking about myself. You're the best. My <laughs> <laughs> pleasure. I'll, I'll talk to you. My thanks to Shanti Morostica. Make sure you subscribe to the Comedy Album Book Club to listen to our other interviews and episodes. We have interviews coming up with Dave Merhegi, Deborah Diagiovanni, Mace Galoni, and Pat Thornton over the next few days. Plus, we just released our last episode discussing the Saturday Night Live album with comedy legend Robin Duke, as well as Brandon Hackett of the Skechersons, and Carrie Donaldson and Ali Entwistle of Brunch Live from the Toronto Sketch Comedy Festival which is still going on, so grab your tickets for some great shows while you can. Our next album, we discuss Beth Stelling's Simply the Beth with Ray Smith and Ryan Hughes. Until then, I'm not Jason DeLine, but Matt Ardill. Thanks for listening to the Comedy Album Book Club. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.